Oh, I want to watch that. That's a cartoon. I know. I'm going to try it, I think. You dick. Everybody says it's great, and I love yes. the guys that created it. Now we have proof. That's, have the, proof. that's the key. That we have yeah. proof that you will watch I, cartoons. He's watching a cartoon. He's watching a cartoon that we aren't forcing upon him. Right, I right. feel I'm cheated. Try yeah. it. Mm. And I'm going to try it because Lainey told me it was good. Oh, I see how it is. I haven't even seen it yet. Neither have Lainey. I. Lainey has never seen me wrong. I see what's happening. Why don't you go have a podcast with Lainey? Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> this is, this is now the, this is now the start of the show. That's, that's just what's happening. Uh, oh, oh, wait, I had a, um, Dustin, you watched, uh, Schmigadoon, right? Yeah. Um, do you remember how the corn pudding song went? No. God damn it. Would you be willing I to make up a the corn pudding song? Would you be willing to make up a song about corn pudding and pretend it's from Schmigadoon? Would you no. be willing to sing about corn pudding? Corn pudding, corn pudding. It's very, very tasty. Corn pudding. I don't know. It was something like uh, da 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 corn pudding. Da, da, I don't know. It was. It was very. I don't know. It's very really? Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I thought it was like songs. corn pudding, corn pudding, but I also remember oh, yeah, yeah. trying to that turn it into familiar. like a metal song. That sounded familiar. Have you guys seen Brigadoon? No. No, no, I haven't either, but I guess if you've seen Brigadoon, maybe these songs sound familiar. Okay. It just I sounded think. very Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yeah. Did Rodgers and Hammerstein do uh, uh, Brigadoon? I bet they did. Probably. Probably. Uh, nope, they did not. Oh. <laughs> Who did Brigadoon? Uh, uh, Alan J. Lerner and Frederick Lowe. Oh, okay. Well, because the opening song was very, like, Oklahoma. Like, yeah. Yes. That's clearly, which I'm almost certain is them. Well, I told Lou that we should watch it as a family because I thought it was cute and, and, and that kind of show. And she was like, oh, we can watch Brigadoon first. And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Way to be such a key and. <laughs> I don't like the music. I just, I like the sort of. The fish out of water part. Yeah. The, and and Keegan's reactions are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I well, know. We're gonna we're gonna get into it. Well, are, we're no. into it. Hasn't the show are we into started? It? Oh, has the show started? All right. Well, we're just talking Schmigadoon now. Sure. Schmigadoon. We were gonna talk about it anyway, weren't we? We were, but now okay. Well, I'll just mark, I'll figure it out. All right, hang on. Let me let me just say the intro just so we get so it we in. Have it. So we so we don't start fifty minutes in like that one episode. Why not, uh, Dan? Then, Why not? Then, I mean, look, it's too late. I've already broken down the process. Um, and then we'll go into Schmigadoon. Uh, welcome to Podjiba, the Podjiba Television Podcast. The Podjiba Television Podjiba. The Podjiba Podcast is the Podjiba Television Show. Uh, I'm Pajaba Comedy Editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajaba Managing Editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And Shitmunch Dustin <laughs> Rolfe. I don't... Why? Why is this your name? Shitmunch is the uh, the profanity I've taken to use against my son whenever he beats me at Rocket League. Oh, okay. So you say it a lot, then. Yep. Yep. Okay. 45 times in a row. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow, wow, he really have, trounced you. Have you ever won? Uh, the second time we played, I won. So you're so you're one and you're one at in, least one in forty six. I think probably one in forty eight. Okay. But who's counting? Yeah, we are. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I keep well, saying luckily, the next one. Luck, luckily for you, it's best of '96, so it's anybody's game still. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you just got to win 48 in a row. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you can do it. Yeah. What does he call you in response? Like, is uh, he allowed to? Is he allowed to call you names? He, yes, yes, and he he tries to come up with some good ones. Um, I th- I think he called me Granny Fart Bucket the other day, which was pretty good. <laughs> that is, that's really good. That's actually that's actually wonderful. Why didn't you log in with that? I don't know. <laughs> Granny Fart Bucket. <laughs> well, you can't steal you can't steal his uh, his insult. So I think you should own that. it. Mm. Oh, that's true. It is a description of you. Yes, yes, yes. I am a granny fart bucket. (laughs) Uh, And uh, granny fart bucket, Dustin rolls. Yeah, that sounds better. Yeah. I like it. Uh, But, you know, that's all right. That's, you know, Dustin, nobody's perfect, and some of us are less not perfect than others. (laughs) If you would prefer Uh, to be a shit munch, you have every... Who who are we to deny you that? Right. Um... So, so you don't like the music, but you do enjoy Schmigadoon. We're talking about Schmigadoon right now. And yes. We'll do the rest of it. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate the music. Mm-hmm. And I think they're all great performers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just don't like that style of music. No, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, I guess, do they it's know well it's performed. Yeah, no, yeah. well, no, I mean, I think it's intentional. Like, if nobody, that's not the musical that people... Nobody watches this for the music, right? I think a lot of people do enjoy Rodgers and Hammerstein. Well, Even though it's not Rodgers at least as like a as like a classical musical style. I mean, I like 50, Oklahoma. Like do you? Uh, well, I'm from the south. <laughs> I don't like Oklahoma. They, well, yeah, I mean, they, they I do mean, it every other year for like the high school play. Oh, right. and also Dave the movie. Remember Dave the movie and the Oklahoma? Yeah. Oh my God, that's great. Oklahoma. <laughs> okay, like that. The last that, time I saw Oklahoma was a community theater production that a friend of mine was in, and it was fine. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's enjoyable. My uh, high school girlfriend was in Oklahoma, and she was so pissed because she didn't get lead, and they made her like the grandma, which is like a big part, but also the grandma. Right. That's amazing. And. Right. and and you went to every performance, I assume. Oh, of course. <laughs> did you hook up with Grandma? <laughs> I guess I did. <laughs> did you Did you get her to leave the makeup on? Oh, hmm. uh, hmm? toy. Yeah. <laughs> I could. What? I could see. What? Yeah, that, that's that's uh, <laughs> Leave the keep the wig. Yeah. I guess yeah. I and like the apron. Was there an apron? <laughs> So what did you guys think of Schmigadoon? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No need to change it. Uh, so I am not a fan. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not a fan of that style of music. And I think mm-hmm. that I, I think the show is is doing a very good send up of that style of music. Right. And I get that if you find it annoying, that is the point. Right. So oh. it's 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 exceeding 
very, very well right. um, on that. Especially, front. yeah, in that, so then you're, you're aligned with uh, Keegan-Michael Key's character. Right. Does not like musicals and is not, uh, is not bemused by being in this world. But I, so it's weird because I like that I traded off between him and Cecily Strong's character because she, her mm-hmm. character is much more like enamored of it. Like, or at least right. finds it appealing to in the beginning. Right. Um, and like thinks it's cute. And so there, it was really like when they're doing the group number, I was aligned with him. But then anytime mm-hmm. Alan Cumming as the mayor showed up, I was just like, <gasps> like, oh, go on, sing more. <laughs> right. You know, like just totally. Um, so it really depends on what's going on on screen. Right. Uh, and I did I did enjoy that again because her character is much more uh, open to uh, open to it that when she like when she is like oh I'm in a duet cool I get to sing and then like yeah. it's kind of like on board with it um, also Aaron I don't know how to say his last name Tveit Tveit yeah yeah uh, he's I, he yeah I he's great and more people should know that you have a crush. Oh, I mean, like, well, he was in a musical that I did not get to see on Broadway, but, like, was amazing in. And so I'm like, oh, I wish I'd seen that performance. I think he's one of Ryan Murphy's guys, too, isn't he? Uh, I don't know. All I remember him from is Graceland, which was a USA show. Oh, yeah. USA was trying to, when they were in their transition period from, like, Blue Sky to Real Dark, like, that was kind of, like, one of the middle shows. I remember Graceland. I watched a couple episodes. Was he the lead? I believe he was the lead. Yeah, I don't remember him at all. He's kind of a blind guy unless he's, like, singing, in which case (laughs) it sort of transforms him into a more... a guy with personality, I guess. Yeah. That was also really good... Her her interactions with him, like, their song, where it's... Right. I mean, there there are a couple of moments, you know, they kind of go back, but it's like... He's straight up singing and she's commenting on it, but then he he doesn't acknowledge that it's a song. So you kind of get this sense that like they don't they don't realize what they're doing, like the, the townspeople. Right. Like but weirdly, they don't know they're in a musical. They don't know they're in a musical and everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then when she goes and actually has the duet with him and it's yeah, the, the willingness she has to just kind of throw herself into because um, she she is aware as it's happening, right? Um, but yeah, the little running commentary of it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was. Uh, I I enjoy. I'm, I guess I'm probably of the three of us. I'm probably the closest to enjoying a nothing wrong with a Rodgers and Hammerstein or like a like a '50s style MGM musical. You know, it's, those are those can be enjoyable. But like uh, like, what do you enjoy? Um. Um, West Side Story? That's not them, is it? I don't remember. I'm not uh, very good at musicals. I always like that. I'm, I'm always like a, a Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, like. Oh, yeah, those are great too. Yeah, like that genre. Once it starts getting into the Oklahoma stuff, I'm like. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And then I just uh, want to skip straight to the 80s, where it's not really a musical. It's just very heavy soundtracks. Oh. Wait. Have you guys watched, uh, not, not a movie podcast, but have you guys watched Streets of Fire? I think I did. Oh. It's, uh, it's, it's on, I believe it's streaming now on Netflix. And I keep meaning to like go back and watch it, um, just because it's so chaotic and crazy. Um, 
but yeah. Uh, what is Dustin doing? I don't know. Oh, sorry, I, I, I came in and out and I kept saying the Coen Brothers movie, but you guys weren't hearing me because my mic went off. The Coen oh. Brothers movie. Did you like that? Hail crappy? Caesar? Yeah, I didn't like it because of the music. Yeah, no, I loved it because of the music. Oh, see? Maybe. Hail Caesar? Like, yeah. yeah, Hail Caesar. I kind of don't remember Hail Caesar. No, I mean, there wasn't much of a story to it, but I remember Channing Tatum pretending to kind of be like Gene Kelly or whatever in the, it right. was like as a sailor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't care for all that. Oh, my God, Dustin. <laughs> what? I... <laughs> so, but I love that you actually are enjoying Schmigadoon, which to right. me would be even more grating. Like, I'll take right. a, a Gene Kelly riff over an Oklahoma riff any day. Right. Which is also funny because this is the show that's tailor-made for me, and I don't know if I'm enjoying it as much as I feel like I should. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm enjoying it, and I like the cast, and the numbers are entertaining, but I'm not quite there yet, and I think, I think part of it has to do with the fact that it's... Um, because there's kind of that ironic distance that, the, that Keegan, Michael Key, and... Cecily Strong have to kind of have yeah. because they're the normal people in this world. Um, it's it 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 in and of itself is making it feel a little bit distanced in a way that like oh. even yeah. um, even uh, what's it, like Zoe's extraordinary playlist didn't like like she buys in pretty quickly in a way that that makes it like okay you know she's trying to deal with it but it's part of she's like okay this is part of the world and I don't know I don't know there's something about it that that isn't clicking for me yet but also. It's only two episodes in. So. Right, and I think that's part of, like, I think that is part of the journey they're building up. Because I agree, I'm also a little bit like, I mean, this could get old fast if that's mm-hmm. the only tone they strike the whole time. Right. But you already see with the second episode how they're like, they're still, it's still weird to them, but they're making the conscious effort to, to buy in. And so I think, right. like, yeah. if that that's journey, hot. as they, like, get more involved. Yeah, I think that then, then as they kind of become more integrated and it'll be uh, more inviting to to watch yeah. yeah also when they the, the song when, when when Keegan realizes he's about to wake up with a teenager was fantastic that was really funny <laughs> wait how old are you what what what, right. what? Um, right but again that's the, that's the thing is like as in, as entertaining as that is it's very much like like he's still not embracing the musical of it all yeah, it's all. Like she's it's, about to sing, and he's like, "Oh no, this is this is wrong," which is funny. But yeah, like, all of uh, the humor so far comes from them re like being essentially in opposition to the musical format. Right, right. Because um, even when they're like deciding to sing, it's still like commenting on the decision to sing or right. whatever. Like it's right. it's all very conscious. Right. I also think like I will be. A, I need Martin Short to come back as the leprechaun, like, a oh lot. God. Like, I need him yes. all the time. Yep. Um, <laughs> also, they need to let Kristen Chenoweth sing. And I know yep. they're saving it because as soon as she opens her mouth, like, everyone else will be blown out of the water. But, like, right. I, it's just the waiting is killing me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was also like, wait, you have Kristen Chenoweth? Why is she not singing yet? But you're right. Uh, save her for a big moment. Um, also, uh, I'm hoping that they'll give Anne Harada her own song, because um, she played uh, the mayor's wife, and she's a Broadway regular, and like she was in uh, the original cast of uh, Avenue Q. So. Yeah. Oh, they need to, yeah. I want her to come back. I'm hoping she and the, the mayor have their own. Yeah. 
weird side Oh, yeah, story. they should have a duet that, like, explains what's going on with them. <laughs> the whole, are you gay? Yes, I try to be. Try to bring gaiety to the town. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> uh, the, the one thing I would say is, like, I saw a headline somewhere. I didn't read the article. It was like, if I wanted to watch... If I wanted to hear these songs, I'd just listen to the original, which I think is, like, completely misses the point. Right. Just, right. It 100% does. Yeah. Okay, good. But I also... So where do you guys think this is... I mean, here's the one... I think this is where my sort of separation from it... Because I'm fine with the... I mean, I understand, Dan, you're the kind of... The hard to get into the... When the show is setting up this kind of self-aware boundary between the main characters and the setting... Right. Like, it then makes it hard to kind of interact. I think my where I, my issue with it, because I'm also a little bit like I'm enjoying it, but I need it to, I'm waiting for it to do more. Like, it needs to hit that next speed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, it, if it stays at this level, like, it's going to lose me. Right. Um, but I think where, where my sort of problem with it is, is that there's, to me, there's only one resolution. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because we don't know all the characters yet, but this, the central conceit is that they are stuck in this town where they will be living a musical every day mm-hmm. um, until they find true love. Right. And so the, the implication is that they arrive together, they've been dating, they've been having a relation pro- relationship problems. Clearly they are not each, they are not each other's true love, because if they were, right. they'd be able to leave. Um, right. So then who would be their true love? And mm-hmm. so far in the town, I'm like, none of them. So it, right. to me, it's like, okay, you're going to go through this whole season and it's just going to be them realizing, like, actually, truly falling in love. Right. Um, I can't see, so far, based on the characters we've met, I cannot see them falling in love with anyone else in the town. So there's also, to me, there's a lack of, like, I'm a, along for the journey if it's just them discovering their own, you know, how to be in love with each other. But it's, right. it kind of takes some of the suspense away because it, right. Um, like, I, I guess that that's that makes sense, and that also seems, at least so far, that definitely seems like the trajectory that they are on. Right. Um, the the other the only other version of that I could kind of see is kind of like the kind of like the Groundhog Day ish version, where um, they have to it, it, instead of it being like where in Groundhog Day Phil has to learn how to become a better person, right? And like, although that also has the rom-com element with uh, Annie McDowell but um, but like he has to learn how to become a better person right, right. and so it, I could see a version where it's like they have to kind of like it's almost like they have to learn how to love themselves and like they're not you know they're not the people that they need to be yet and right. then and then once they become those people then they'll fall in love right or they um, just have to learn how to actually love rather than whatever right. it is that each of them are doing right um, um, no I see that Although we also don't, I, I don't know that we know enough about their previous life to, like, make that leap. I'm just kind of, like, speculating. Well, we also don't know enough people in the town. Like, maybe right. there's somebody in the town that is going to connect with each of them. I don't know. Right. It is like worth noting that this is only six episodes and they're half an hour piece. So we're, like, a third of the way through it so far. Uh, it's only so, six episodes? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. they're totally going to end up together. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> is there is it like a limited series do we know that yet uh no okay I don't think so hmm anyway Schmigadoon on Apple TV 
plus. You can watch it after you watch Ted Lasso when it yeah. comes back yes. later, uh, later this TV. week. Oh, man, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spending a lot of time watching Apple TV lately. Just like my whole Friday is devoted to it. Yeah, yeah. like when you're watching Lacey's story. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which is over now, thank God. God damn. Oh, so it wasn't a satisfying thing. <laughs> so terrible. That show was so terrible. <laughs> Just the worst. I thought it was... Okay, here's the other thing. The pacing on that show was so bad that I literally thought, like, two weeks ago was the finale. And then you get to the end of the episode and you're like, nope, I guess it didn't end. And then, like, last week should have been the finale. But nope. They somehow stretched it into this week. Yeah, and this week felt like sort of like an hour-long coda, too. Hmm. It was so... Yeah, like, the, the... Climax, because because this is the problem. They don't. It's like they wanted to do that thing, where they kind of construct it as, whatever, an eight ep- eight hour movie almost, and then they just arbitrarily cut it into chunks. So it's not really like they're looking at episode arcs individually. Um, okay. But what it meant was that yeah, you would have these episodes that stretched on, with no real tension and they would just kind of end and you'd be like the credits would roll and you're like but nothing happened um so that happened with the penultimate episode because it's like she finally it seems like you're in the climax and it's like the the battle between Lysi and the guy who's been like harassing her for her dead husband's writing um the Dane DeHaan character and so you know her plan is to like trick him into this that Booyah Moon world um, and she's going to sick this giant monster on him. So it, so she gets him into that world, and then they're just wandering around <laughs> through the trees. And they, they wander for a bit, and then the episode just ends. <laughs> and so the finale opens up, and it's like, they're still in the, this landscape, and they're still just, like, wandering around, cat and mousing, like, for no reason. And then, a monster, and then the monster shows up and, and kills him. And then there was still, like, 35 minutes left. Right. Because it turned out that there was, like, another story that her husband needed Ugh. to tell her about, like, his childhood and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, this I don't... so bored. I don't care anymore. Like, nope. it's like, she's... She, what? It's all supposed to be, like, teaching her how to be alone. And it's like, I just... Oh, my God. And my, they must have said, I love you. I love you, like, 77 so times. So many times. <laughs> and, like, a weird montage of them just, like, hanging out together saying I love you through the past. But, like, in scenes that we never had even seen before. Like... They're like sitting in some tall grass and all it like my husband was watching it and he's like, well, clearly they're not in New England because you would not like there could be ticks in that grass. Like you would not just sit there hugging each other. He's like, I would never hug you in tall grass. I was like, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. The monster was cool, though. The like. Yeah. But yeah. I just kept thinking, oh, God, they wasted so much money on this show. Yeah. It could have been used for anything else. And all the performers were good. Like, Julianne Moore was yeah. really good. Like, Clive Owen was really good. You know, everyone really was... really great to see Joan Allen in a different kind of role. She was really convincing. I loved uh, Jennifer Jason Lee as just, like, the super bitchy sister who, like, you still love, but, like, she's such an asshole. <laughs> mm. Don't watch the show, people. No. Don't think about it. <laughs> But you know what it struck me as is, you know, remember when, and again, this was, so this is the weird thing is like Stephen King wrote the book and he wrote all of these episodes. Mm-hmm. So like, this is his adaptation, but it reminded me a lot of the structure, like back when they would do the network TV movies 
of his books. So you'd have oh, like, okay. right, like a four episode, but each episode would be kind of like a movie length right. of The Stand. Or, or right. I think it was like two movie length episodes. Yeah, it was at least, yeah, it, it might have been even been like three hour night, but like with commercials. So with like commercials, two, yeah. So it was like two hour and a half, and a half long hours, chunks yeah. would be, right. Yeah. Um, and so you, you kind of got the sense that you would have these long stretches, but it didn't conform to that, like, episodic, normal episodic structure. Right. Um, but those were also, yeah, like, it. this felt like it was trying to harken back to that, mm-hmm. but because it was broken into this these, like, weekly installments that had no, because they lacked that arc, I'm like, you guys should have just done it as, you know, uh, two or four movies. Right. Like, like the long, just do long stretches, short run, like number of episodes and just like do it that way. Cause it mm-hmm. felt like it was an addict. The amount of story in the show felt like it was a short story that just, yep. they adapted, they stretched for an adaptation. It totally could have worked as just a movie. Yeah. I mean, it did not need to be as long as it was. Mm-hmm. But it also makes me wonder, like, because it wasn't based on a short story. <laughs> like, it was based on a whole-ass novel. <laughs> like, do you read the novel, and does that feel like just a puffed-up short story? <laughs> it goes on and on. Oh. Are you guys still watching physical? Or just me? Uh, I, I, I stopped after episode three, and then I caught up a couple more episodes. So I think I watched through episode five, and then I stopped oh. again. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even start it. It's not like I don't know. It, it's it's fine. It's made well enough that I'm like I can appreciate it, but it didn't. I don't know. It still hasn't quite. I'm no. trying to remember where I was in the story. Even. Um. I don't know. I just I just like Rose Byrne a lot, so I keep watching, thinking it'll get much better. But it's about the same. I She's think very I think, insulting and in, in yeah. her head, her interior monologue, which is. To its detriment, and it's it's also kind of fun sometimes. <laughs> I think I got to the point where... What was she doing? Um, working out? She was working out. They had, she had already made... I think she made her... She tried to make a tape on the beach, and it wasn't working out well. Is that episode, like, four or five? Maybe I don't know. That's around where I was, and maybe a little bit later. Um, but hmm. it's bad. And home home before dark is not a very good second season. So I'm watching a lot of Apple TV, but not a lot of it is great right now. Um, what about Kevin can fuck himself? Oh, I love. Yeah, I, I, I uh, really like that. Okay, I haven't watched. I haven't watched this past. Uh, yesterday's episode yet but um but yeah i've been i've been keeping up with it um okay yeah because that's one i do intend to catch up on it's still holding up so far um yeah despite the fact that like despite the fact that like you worry that the premise is gonna run out um but yeah so far it's 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 hanging on Um, it's still okay yeah i seem to like it more each week oh and they're they're definitely like it's it's one interesting thing is that the the uh like the the reality quote unquote reality like drama side is actually becoming a little bit funnier 
um, which is kind of nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I'm like I feel like the, there's a little bit more as like people have come into uh, into uh, her Annie Murphy's character's life. It's like there are little there's a little bit more people for her to talk to and banter with, and like there, there's a little bit more joking going on. Um, so it's it's interesting because it it's. I don't know if it's intentional. I mean, I, I assume it's intentional, but it, it does feel like... It's still dark, but it feels like, you know, her the dark side of her world is actually becoming a little bit... Um, a little bit... Just a little bit lighter and a little bit yeah. brighter than um, as she, like, you know, has these hopes of escaping her her uh, marriage. But Well, this weekend, this week's episode, not to spoil too much, but... One of those classic sitcom things where, like, Kevin was having dinner with his wife for his birthday, but also having dinner with his best friend in a different place. Yeah, and they're uh, next to each other. Like, yeah, like yeah. at, like, Chuck E. Cheese, right? Yeah. Or, like, right. Uh, like a Chuck E. Cheese kind of place. Right. But there was also a hitman involved and uh, a cop involved and, it, and then, like, a hockey player who hated Boston involved. And oh, it was yeah. really kind of hysterical. <laughs> okay all right i'm looking forward to because i yeah, yeah. I'm, i think i've i'd seen like four episodes maybe five episodes so i know i'm mm-hmm. a few weeks behind um okay. and this one is only eight episodes right yes yeah, so next week's uh i think maybe next week's the no, two i episodes. think i think this week's is is episode six if i'm not mistaken okay, yeah but um but i'm not Sure. Oh, that reminds me. I saw a commercial for uh, a cartoon, so Dustin's obviously going to watch it. Um, he loves cartoons now. Yeah, uh-huh, but it's uh-huh. for AMC Plus. But now I'm forgetting uh, what it's called. Um, Don't do this to me. No, no, no. I'm going to look it up because I have to. I have to. Uh, an AMC to, cartoon. An AMC Plus cartoon. But the reason why Dustin's going to watch it is God because it. it's created by the guy. Uh, it's created by um, uh, Kirkman. Uh, no, uh, uh, Steve Conrad, I think. Oh God damn it! Yeah, of I think I'm it's it's. I think it's his thing. Um, Question. But now I gotta find the name. Yes. How how many cartoons does Dustin have to like before he'll just admit that he likes cartoons? Oh, good you question. Don't like cartoons. I you know I like even when I like them I'm like this would be much better live action. What did that? Why can't you just appreciate the talents of of voice acting mm-hmm. and animation? Yeah. Ultra City Smiths is that it? Yes, I believe that is uh, Steve Conrad. It is. They keep sending me screeners for that, but I didn't know it was him. Yeah, so it's. I mean, you can tell it's him in part because it's got uh, Jimmy Simpson in it. Yeah, Jimmy Simpson's in it. Uh, Kurt Wood Smith, Terry O'Quinn, oh uh, Chris Conrad. <laughs> so holy crap, that's like a total Dustin show. Yeah, God uh, damn it. Listen to this cast: John C. Riley, Jimmy Smith, mm-hmm. uh, Kurt Wood Smith, uh, Tom Waits, Tim Heidecker, BB Newworth, Terry O'Quinn, Tim Jesus. Meadows, what? Uh, Melissa like... Villasenor, Kristen Bell, Chris Conrad, Luis Guzman. Uh, Damon Harriman. Uh, so it's basically like everyone that he loves to work with, plus a bunch of other people. And Menzukis, uh, of course, because he's in every anime. Jack Shepard, Alia Shawkat, Deborah Winger. Um, oh my gosh, I love this. Yeah, so That's Dustin they... looks like you're probably gonna have to watch a cartoon. Oh yeah, this is a 
is a cartoon. Uh, or it's stop motion. Oh, watch Patriot. It, it, I guess technically it's different, so it's stop motion. So maybe That's fine. you can justify it to yourself that way, Dustin. What um what is the premise? Uh let's see. Follows the investigation of the into the mysterious disappearance of fictional Metropolis Ultra City's most famous magnet by two intrepid detectives. Oh, so it could be a little bit noir? Sounds like a little bit noir. Yeah, puppet no pup R rated puppet noir. Oh Sounds my god, do you think they'll have R rated puppet sex? Oh, oh maybe. I did see a movie that Oh is this the same that Melissa McCarthy movie? Oh yeah. Uh Happy what Time Murders. Oh, yeah. oh, I didn't yeah. see that one. No, but I saw um, there was a movie that was um, uh, it was the oh shoot what's what's his name? Not uh, now I need to look up the studio because <laughs> it's no what was that puppet movie? Uh, Everybody's listening to this at two times speed. Don't worry about it. That was really Team sad America. No, no, oh. no. It was it was like a it was like a three character thing, and it was real sad. Um, with puppets. With puppets, but there was sex in it. and I'm like, this is weird. Um, <laughs> a three character sad puppet show. Uh, somebody is listening and just screaming out. Yeah, name. what it is. <laughs> and no, that person can, is a puppet sex uh, connoisseur, and they. I can, uh, I can, I can find show it. Show yourself in the comments, people. I want to find it. Uh, <sighs> How many seconds did it take for you to yell out the name? Wait, of what's, the title? what's what's the what, what is that guy's name? The Kaufman, <laughs> Charlie Kaufman. It's a Charlie Kaufman movie. <laughs> Is it the Steve Carell thing? No. Um, hang on. Anomalisa. Oh That's what it's called. Anomalisa. Oh, 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 yeah, I remember. Oh, that. yeah. Yeah, it, that one's like, it was based on his play, but it's like three, it's like three characters and it's puppets, and then there's puppet sex at one point, and it's like, this is weird. I don't know that I'm comfortable watching this. I mean, was it anyway. like full penetration or just like... I mean, no. It's enough. It's it's definitely enough where you're like, oh, this is like a this is like a real sex scene. This is not like, it's not like you know. That puppet has a piece. It's not like oh. the Team America humping. It's not like the Team America humping. Like okay. it was like it yeah. Anyway, it's not. That's not. This is not the important thing. Um, I I disagree. I think it's a very important thing. I think we're getting into something <laughs> real uh real meaty about the artistry of puppet. Um, sex. <laughs> uh, I also haven't seen that movie since it came out, but I do remember thinking it was interesting. Um, uh, Ultra like City it. Smith is also done by Stupid Buddy, uh, which is uh, the studio that does... Uh, it's Seth Green's studio that does, um, you know, Prank. the uh, Robot Prank. Chicken. Robot Chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I don't know if this is going to be just on AMC Plus or if it'll be on regular AMC. When does it premiere if Dustin's already got screeners? It July premieres 22nd. On, yeah, Thursday. Oh, shit. Yeah. So we can, like, watch it. We could talk about this next week. Let's talk about it all over again next week. <laughs> we could definitely talk about it next week um, if we have AMC Plus. Or, yeah, anyway. We all have AMC um, Plus, yeah. then. Do we? I don't. What do you mean you, you don't? don't? How have you been? No, I have AMC TV. I have cable. Oh, you're old-fashioned. Oh. 
No, he's not old-fashioned. He has Spectrum. I have Spectrum. I have loyalty to Spectrum. Spectrum Originals. Uh, They they haven't had a new original in a while, I think. Um, But it's fine. They're out of the original game. Uh, I don't. That's not true. They are Uh, because Mr. Mercedes went to like another network. Mr. Mercedes was Directv. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Dare you? My bad. Very different. Very different company. How dare you? Um. All right. Uh, <laughs> this show has gone completely off the rails. Uh, how, how did it get off the rails? Let's find out. What is everybody drinking? Um, Tori? I'm having some maple bourbon mixed with grapefruit soda. All right. I kind of um, want more, though. It's almost over, and we still have a couple of shows to talk about. We yeah, do. yeah. I was, I'm about to go get another beer myself. All right. Oh, what, can we what? both go at the same time and leave Dan alone? Yep. Sure. Okay, you, we'll be right back. Bye. Fill space there. <laughs> All right, I can do this. Um, let's see. Let's see what else is. Uh, let's see if Spectrum has any new originals coming up. Uh, I'm just gonna Google that and let's see. Spectrum original programming. Let's see. Ooh, the bite. What is the bite? What do you mean the oh, bite? Oh, Dustin. Dustin. There's a new... What? No. This came out in May? Oh, I have to watch this. Dustin. Wait, Tori, are you back? <laughs> I am back. There is a Spectrum original uh, called The Bite. It is by... It's created by Robert and Michelle King. Oh, I remember hearing it's about that. It's The Kings. It's six episodes. Uh... The premise, according to Wikipedia, which, because there's only one sentence here, but it says, an unexpected and deadly new strain of the coronavirus pandemic arrives. So that's cool. But I think it's about vampires or something. It, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah. He have, knew, uh, he totally knew about it, because I feel like we talked about it, and then he, I don't know, probably just didn't watch it. This is, the, well, because you have to have Spectrum. Yeah. He'll never it's be able newest, to watch it. A newest Spectrum original. Um... <laughs> I was in the other room and I just kept hearing somebody yelling, Dustin, Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin, there's a, there, the latest Spectrum original, which just came out in May, is, uh, <laughs> is The Bite, created by the Kings. Dan, you should watch every episode and do a recap just to rub it, just so that, like, Dustin knows what's happening, but he can't mm. watch it. All right. I can, I can do that. It's only six episodes. You got to gotta flaunt your privilege, your spectrum yeah. privilege. It has uh, Audrey McDonald and Taylor Schilling and Stephen Pasquale and Philippa Sue and other people who I don't know. But, yeah, I can watch this. Yeah. I think it's about zombies or vampires. Okay. It sounds like vampires if it's called right? The Bite. Unless it's about a zombie bite that makes them zombies. Mm. But COVID zombies. Let's see what the uh, Spectrum original site says. The bite follows the lives of two neighbors uh, as they embark on unprecedented times when a deadly new strain of a virus arrives. Um, Still not saying. Still doesn't say, but uh, you'll have to you'll have to watch and find out. I guess so. Um, Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, this sounds like sounds like something I'm gonna have to watch. You should watch that while we're watching Kung Fu. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. I, I still don't watch Kung Fu. But there's only, there's only one episode of there's Kung Fu. There's only one. Yeah, this Wednesday is the finale. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
What and is, uh, yeah, so what's been going on, Tori, since I oh, don't watch? Well, let me tell you. Uh, so in the penultimate episode, mm-hmm. um, their grandmother, so Nikki's grandmother comes to town, her popo, because yes. um, they're getting ready for the wedding. Um, yes. for Althea's wedding. And it turns out, uh, Nikki finds a photograph of the grandmother with the sword. So it turns out she was the two generations back, uh, warrior of the family line. Okay. Um, and so Pei Ling, her mother had found Nikki's grandmother and like trained her. So that's how um, Nikki's grandmother kind of found out about all the stuff around the the sword and the guardians and the and the warriors and and kind of all of that that whole aspect of the legend. And she ended up like training to use the sword and then had to defend it against these thieves. And it, during the fight, she got scared of the amount of power because mm-hmm. um, like the the bond between the chosen kind of warrior and the sword is really strong. So she got scared, and so once the battle was done, she gave the sword back to um, Pei Ling's mother and kind of was like, you know, I'm done. And so that's why she kept it a secret that she knew all about this. And so when Nikki's aunt uh, realized that she was the the warrior of her generation, um, the grandmother kind of kicked her out because she didn't want to get into it and was protecting Mm -hmm. the secret. Mm-hmm. So once this all kind of comes to light, Nikki needs whatever wants to talk to you know her grandmother about whatever information she might have. Um, and so it, there's a really touching scene where her mom is like, you know, we've all been keeping these secrets and it's tearing the family apart. And like, mm-hmm. you know, your secrets is what drove my sister <laughs> right. out of the home and she died and that's not cool. And, you know, I'm really proud of my daughter. I don't want the same thing to happen to her. So please just help us. So, um, you know, honesty helps heal all of the rifts and it's very sweet. Uh, but the big, the big revelation is that they kind of, they get the clues that they need to, uh, find the forge Mm -hmm. and it's because, uh, her, her popo can read the scars on her hand and it's laying out the locations of these several seven battles and uh-huh. so when they mark that on a map, it matches the constellations. And so the eighth star that is missing is the location of the forge. And the forge turns out to be the, uh, the monastery where the, whole, where the show started. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So she's, gotta go, so she's going to the monastery to, like, you know, protect the forge. And at first she's like, oh, no, Henry, you can't come with me because I don't want you to die. And, like, it just makes me really sad when people die. And, like, no, you can't come with me. And then she has this great heart-to-heart with her, with Paling. Um, or Paling's like, I mean, you can, like, just because that seems to be the destiny, you can still, like, choose your own path. She's like, you're right. So she uh, decides to go to China with Henry anyway, and they get there, and they get to the monastery, um, and then Jalan shows up at the end. Here's the thing. Jalan killed her boyfriend. Oh. Because, so remember how she was dating that, like, billionaire guy to get his father's, so his father had, like, four of the weapons. Right. And so you think at first, like, Zalan is reaching out to him just to, like, get at, you know, to have an in to, to collect right, she's those. Like using him. She's using him for the weapons. Yeah. And then, but then they, she kind of, like, just keeps hanging out with him. And you, you kind of can't tell if she's continuing, if she's just still, 
it's easy or maybe she has feelings for him or like what's going on. But it definitely is like a little weird that they're like still kind of fuck buddies through all this. Um, But then again, he's turned against his family. So he kind of has, he's thrown his lot in with her. So he kind of can't go back. Mm -hmm. Um, So in this episode, she kind of, the other shoe drops, which is that it's not like she was just using him for the weapons. It's that his dad, she has like a longstanding grudge against his family because his dad was the owner of a textile plant where her parents worked and her mom got really sick. So again, this is the mother that actually trained um, Nikki's grandmother. So like, so Paling Islan's family, they are the guardians of the sword protecting, holding the sword for the chosen warriors. Right. So her mom, so it's kind of interesting that you're finding out about her mom in both parts of the story this week. Um, Cause you're hearing about like how she trained Popo, you know, with Nikki's family. And then you're hearing about how she died with Zalon. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so she got really, really sick because of the chemicals from this plant that, um, that the, the boyfriend's father owned. And, that was partly why, um, and she, it happened when she was pregnant with Zalon. So that's partly why Zalon was, had so many kind of health problems as a kid, mm-hmm. but her birth also like killed her mother. So right. there's this whole grudge against everything. And, you know, and then in, in pursuing her grudge, she discovered everything that his, his dad's company has been doing. Um, and so they're in like, you know, all kinds of weapons technology and AI and just all kinds of crazy stuff. And so she's just like, they, they absolutely can't have this power. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I wanted to get the weapons away from him. And it's not just about me having all of the weapons. It's about like making sure that like I can destroy everything of his and he can never have this power. But unfortunately that includes uh, the son. So Mm -hmm. she's like, I do actually love you, but I'm still going to kill you. And then she kills him. Oh yeah. Pretty, pretty ruthless. It's pretty ruthless. So yeah, uh, episode ends, and there we're next this this week the you know the finale. We're gonna have the the big confrontation at the monastery where the forge is. But the but the cool thing is, um, the monastery is back up and running. So Nikki isn't like alone there with Henry. She actually has like all of the the other lady monks, who have been training to defend the place. So they're mm-hmm. ready to they're ready to fight too. Two, two, two things. Okay. <laughs> One, Grandma is only six years older than Mom in real life. So just a little casting error there. I don't know what your point is. They, they <laughs> both look fabulous. They do. They do. But also, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, Dan, but what I'm really invested in was will Nikki get back to the wedding or not? Because I, I need her to be at her sister's wedding. We no. waited all season for this wedding. Mm-hmm. No, we're still going to see the wedding because she handed off the the binder to Ryan because Ryan is going to take her place and he'll be the man of honor. No, I still need Nikki back there. <laughs> oh, interesting. She can't miss her sister's wedding. I need mm-hmm. Nikki to make out with Henry. Like, we all have goals that need to be fulfilled <laughs> in the next week. I mean, you're just kind of also casting poor Derek aside right now. Yeah, what was it? Yeah, he was left taking pictures of the file for the the rich guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I know where he that's makes going. It to the wedding. 
Is he even invited? I thought they didn't like him. I think they, they like, I think they like him okay. Well, I think Althea likes him, but I thought the whole thing was like the grandma didn't. Oh. Well, she didn't like him when they were dating, is what I hear. Grandma doesn't like a lot of things right now. I like it's coming around. She doesn't like spicy food or <laughs> <laughs> Grandma was real. Oh, and then she ripped up the dress, but she made it better. Every mm-hmm. oh. All the family stuff is always wonderful. Just all season long. It's been about this wedding, and now I have to see this wedding. Hmm. And but, also, but also, Nikki, saying, but Althea being okay with Nikki not going to the wedding, and she like she knew Nikki had to was, follow yeah, her own sure. path. I'm sure she is okay with it, but I am not okay with it. <laughs> well, Dustin, you're not a part of their family. So, so Dustin, your your want is that uh, this adventure is wrapped up and. She manages to fly 13 hours back in time for the wedding. That's right. All right. We'll see if that happens. I, don't, I mean, I won't, but, you know, you guys will. Yeah, for sure. So you You'll be watching the uh, awesome uh, Michelle and Robert King show. Yeah. Wait, so you're saying none, you guys haven't seen any trailers or have no way of knowing any inside knowledge for, you know, what might be coming in the finale? Like, there's... Nobody has any information. I mean, I wish I did, but hmm. I don't, just don't know anything about what's what's coming. No, you know? no it could go anywhere. It could be that, that that episode could be full of any all sorts of exciting things. Zombies. I mean, who knows? Maybe. Hmm. I still think uh, Nikki's gonna blow up all the weapons. Like, they're all going to be destroyed, and second season, it's just start from scratch. Like, what do you do when you're a destined warrior with no, you know, your destiny's over? Oh, interesting. Maybe she'll forge some new weapons. Mm-hmm. I feel like they need to have a big showdown at the wedding. Why at the wedding? Why wouldn't it be at the forge? <laughs> Why would they go from, both of them go from China back to San Francisco? I don't know. I feel very invested in the wedding. Cause, <gasps> yeah. Because the fiance is going to turn out to be a bad guy, remember? No, he's not going to be a bad guy. Ed, Evan could be. No. You don't think so? <gasps> what no, if... No, I've come around on Evan. I mean, Derek. Trevor. What if um, <laughs> Henry dies? What do we do if Henry dies? Oh, didn't think about that. Or, or, or... Oh my God, what if he's heavily disfigured and like it's like a jigsaw situation where his like brain gets scrambled and like this is maybe this is his uh, villain origin story. Maybe he'll be the bad guy next season. Oh, interesting. As long as nothing happens to his arms. (laughs) Well, we'll see. There's only one episode left in Kung Fu this season and then uh, and then we'll we'll see what happens. Someday. It'll be on Wednesday on CW. Yes. Uh, I don't have a good transition because I don't really know anything about this show. Speaking of shows that I don't also don't know anything about. (laughs) There we go. Uh, Dr. Death. The bike literally doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry. It's a spectrum show. Yeah. I understand why they don't get Wikipedia. They're shrouded in mystery. Oh. 
Dustin, so if, if you don't have Spectrum, you don't deserve to. I really want to see it, but I really want to. <laughs> it should, it should be made available on Netflix immediately. Um, <coughs> in the meantime, Doctor Death is a Dustin Death. show, I think, because <laughs> I haven't seen it. It is on it Peacock. Really is. is that right? It is on Peacock. Okay. Because it's basically like, uh, it's like a medical show and a legal show and a pacey show, and um, it's uh, also true crime. It's like got everything. Well, that it's is wild. kind of everything that you want in a show. Yes. It's uh, based on a true story about, um, oh, God damn it, Christopher Dunch, which I had never heard of before. And I was expecting Dr. Death to be about Jack Kevorkian, and it was pleasantly surprised it wasn't. Because I didn't, any show about Jack Kevorkian was going to be horribly depressing. But this turned out to be like bananas because. This Dr. Death was like a neurosurgeon in the 2000s, and uh, he was just so wildly incompetent that he just kept, like, paralyzing and killing people. And (laughs) they kept letting him perform surgery. And the surgeries... It's based on a podcast, and apparently, from the comments that I read, the descriptions were insane. But also watching it on TV is insane because he's just got like a hammer and he's wailing away on these people's spines. You're like, what the fuck? Wait, was he a spinal surgeon or a neurosurgeon? Yes. I think, aren't they the same? Well, neuro would be brain, right? I think so, but... Okay, he was a spinal surgeon. I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm just kidding. No, I mean, it's all kind of connected. But I don't... But so if he could still perform... He works on people's disc, so he'd just like... He'd go in for like a, like a, a very simple procedure, and the person would like bleed to death. Oh God! Yeah. Well, there was one thing, and I'm not kidding you. And I, and I guess this is, this is this particularly was based on a true part. He like cuts into the spine, uh, cuts into the back, and he sticks his thing in there, and he pulls a piece out, and he goes, "Oh, I guess that's that looks like cancer. Uh, there's nothing we can do here." So. They sew it back up. They leave a sponge in. <gasps> he gets an infection. And um, they go in and they find out that it's not cancer, that he had just p- pulled out part of his, uh, like, esophagus or something. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait. And it, but if he's allowed to continue doing this, like, did he ever have successful surgeries or was every single one a disaster? I, I don't know. I think he had like 38 botched surgeries, <gasps> I believe. Wow. The two people died and there was his he paralyzed his best friend. Oof. Left him a quadriplegic. Um and but he had like impressive credentials and on paper he looked great and I guess he was a really smart researcher. He just had no skills, no surgical skills. But what the series says is that it, it sort of explores that, like, is this guy just really incompetent or is he a sociopath mm-hmm. or some form of both? Because he had to know that each time he botched the surgery that he wasn't a good surgeon, and yet he kept going back, and that takes a certain... Like, was he doing it on purpose? Yeah. And so does the show... Has it kind of come to a, uh, a well, point of view the, on that? Like, have they decided... <laughs> Uh, that was kind of frustrating 
I mean, they investigated, he explored his past and tried to figure it out. Um, I, I think he's just, he was both incompetent and really, really sure of himself. Oh, he's a white guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that checks out. Yes, yes. Yeah. But it was wild, and it's got a great cast. It's got Alec Baldwin, and not that he's great, but Christian Slater is like full on Christian Slater in this. And um, uh, the woman from Bridge to Terabithia and Win Dixie, and uh, Sophia Roth. Oh, I love her. Uh, Kelsey Grammer's in it. Um, it's just really, I, I don't want to say fun. It's really entertaining and very addictive just to see how, and, and just to, the surgeries are so hard to watch, but you can't not watch them. Too. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's wildly addictive. And uh, yeah, you get to see what happens to the guy, but I'm not going to spoil that for you. Oh, God damn it. Okay. <laughs> You could look it up, but that would ruin it. That would ruin it. Yeah. All right, so it's on Peacock, and we can and watch... I refuse to look it up. And we can I watch like, all of it. Yes. Okay. I'm very excited about this. I started, like, on Thursday night at, like, 10 o'clock, and I was done by the next day. I finished six episodes by, like, 6 in the morning, and then finished the other two that night. Did you stay up all night? Yeah. No, I stayed up late and then I woke up really early because I couldn't, I couldn't stop. You know how sometimes you just wake up in the middle of the night randomly and you go back to sleep? Yeah. I woke up in the middle of the night randomly and I was like, well, I got to keep watching. <laughs> huh. Okay. So it's like uh, it, you, you had the same compulsion to keep going like he did. Yes. Yes. That's right. Only I didn't kill anybody. And these poor, poor people. He would just promise, make all these promises, these people that were just having intense back pain. Oh, I can fix that. No problem. Yeah. I'll have that done in 20 minutes. And then, like, six hours later, you bled to death. Oh. Yeah. And then, yeah, and, and the difficulty of getting him, of, like, being able to connect the dots and, like, get him out of the medical profession. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a matter of, like, the medical profession sort of protects its own. Right. There's, like... Laws that prohibit, like, information from being sent to the next person or the next hospital or whatever. Like, the hospitals would cover their asses and they, they wouldn't want to, like, admit that they hired an incompetent person so they wouldn't tell the next hospital along the line about him. So mm-hmm. he'd just, he'd get fired at one place and just go to another place. It's fucking wild. And this <laughs> These are the people that are, like, working on us. Well, that's comforting. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Hospitals are kind of terrifying. <laughs> also because you know, like, they all should be smarter than you. Because, <laughs> like, yes. if you could be a doctor, you'd just be a doctor. It's like, the school, it's, it's so intense. Right. Yeah, or at least you hope that they're... Well, exactly, you hope that they are. Yeah, clearly they're not always. But yeah, Yeah, you're kind of programmed to just trust them. They described this guy's surgeries as like a toddler with a hammer. I mean... (laughs) That sounds kind of insulting to toddlers. Yeah. 
they don't kill people. That's true. Ugh. Anyway, I, I really, if you're into like... Trash. Mm, <laughs> trash, but also like legal procedurals and medical procedurals and Joshua Jackson and Christian Slater, it's kind of like, can't miss. Oh mm. man, I love Joshua Jackson. Yeah, he's really good at this. And he like, he, they put it like a fat thing on him, which looks weird. Because I guess the real Christopher Dunch got big at the end. Oh, they fat they fat lead him? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was necessary. <laughs> but it oh. did add to the trashy quality. <laughs> it's oh, fat Fatly is never necessary, oh. but it sure is entertaining. That was so, that was, that was a real choice, you know? It was an like, unnecessary choice. Yeah, they're like, well, here's what we're going to do. He's married now, so he's going to get fat. Because they're not, How do we signify they, a time jump? Fat suit on Jamie jump, Bamber. A time jump plus, like, they feel a little bit safer. Yeah. They're, they're safer. And also, he's really depressed. Yeah. And, like, his... And doesn't... Um, I don't remember what episode it was, but there's a, there's a moment where he, he has a... It's just him and uh, Adama, you know, his dad. Oh, the jump and, rope scene. Yeah, and his and he's like, I've lost like two stones so far, and his and Edward James almost is just like, keep jumping. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh my god, <laughs> it's just so brutal. <laughs> like you're telling your son that he's too fat to, I don't know, command a starship. But it was also like the first episode, I think, where they like had him. It was like a, I don't know. It wasn't. I guess it was another time jump because it was like he was no longer in the fat suit. So well, right, because be by the time by the showing. time they rescue them on New New Caprica, he's thin again, right? Right. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So it's like the reveal that like oh he's thin again, and so it's like he's working out with his dad, and his dad's just like so yeah. brutal. <laughs> mm. Ooh, it might be time for a Battlestar rewatch. It's been a while. Oh, Dustin's anyway. seen that one, right? I have seen the first. Three seasons and then I bailed. What? Oh, what if we made Dustin watch the end of like oh. the even not like yeah the last season of Battlestar? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the last season the last season is a little weird, but the it's finale. Super, well, the I, talking it. about contentious finales. I loved it. I enjoyed I it. I enjoyed it. it. I enjoyed there's the whole last of, season. There's one thing that's nuts in the finale that was the most nuts thing to me, but. Yeah. Uh, I'm still on board with it. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, actually, that would be on par with uh, um, Friday Night Lights Season 2. Like, if you're just judging it as, like, the bat shitteriest oh, like, of as the its seasons. Own... Yeah, right, if you, right. like, just pull a season and go, like, just watch this. Right. Yeah, probably. Especially, and especially out of context, because there's some weird stuff going there's, on. Yeah, super weird stuff. Um, but speaking of super weird stuff going on... <laughs> Uh, Loki ended last week. Oh yeah, it did. Yeah, um, it's but gone. also announced that there will be a season two. So weirdly, that, why, why weirdly? is that weirdly? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, you think it'll come back before Ant Man? That I'm not sure. I think it could. Um, I think that's really the question because I that was my question going. Coming out of it. When is Ant Man supposed to release? Have they said? Uh, I think it's t- February twenty twenty three. Yeah, it's gonna okay. be a while. Loki could come back next year. Yeah, 
Because I think that's really the question. Are they, is the second season going to pick up where the first season ended? Or will Loki or something from this show have popped up in a movie or other series in between? Right. That then this series would have to react to. Right. So, yeah, I mean, if Loki were to come back before Ant-Man, I think it might be able to pick up right where this leaves off with some acknowledgement of maybe whatever happens in Doctor Strange. Right. But also, it, it seems like if we were to uh, if we were to keep following the story of this Loki, it doesn't need to because because of where he ends up, it could kind of just follow his adventures in that. Right, and maybe no other movie touches on that timeline. Yeah, and like he can jump in and out of other things as he needs to, but yeah. or as they want no, him to. What? But. No. Well, yeah. So because he's in an alternate, he's in a, a different reality at the end of right. it. Right. Right. Okay, but then everything he did would be sort of there would be no stakes because it would be pointless. Well, I mean, it would just be separate adventures a side adventure well but no but that depends on what his arc is right Mm -hmm. because like if his arc is to somehow get to sylvie or something to like it and we thought this show wouldn't have wouldn't maybe do what it did like the thing about these shows is that i enjoy watching them but sort of contemplating what's going it just it just hurts them (laughs) But I would what I appreciate what I appreciate about the that reveal of a second season was it was the first time that the Marvel Disney shows kind of showed that they were invested because they've teased the idea that like all of these shows could be limited series. Like I think Mar- right. I think WandaVision got submitted for the Emmys as like limited series. Um but then Falcon I think got submitted as regular series I don't know but it's like you never quite know because they hadn't actually formally announced a second season for any of them and so this was like the first time they actually were like no we like you get to the end of this one and we're telling you right now it will come back right and I mean it's not as though they haven't done that with other with like movies even where like and it wouldn't even be like a like a semi-fancy you know mid-credits thing like this like it would be like at the very end of the credits it's like thor will return in yeah in the dark world and yeah it's like, oh cool like that's, that's great like it's nice to know um, but it also yeah. felt like a more um uh, tr- like it being invested in the television format of it right right being like no this will get a second season like it's right. not but just it, another chunk of a larger story like it will right. it is its own thing and right so Dustin, I want to go back to your question for a second about the or your your thing about the stakes of it. So are you are you are you concerned no, that just the, the second season? Yeah. Are are you saying that the stakes of a second season would feel relatively unimportant if it wasn't connected to the larger MCU? Well, I feel like this first season, if I'm not mistaken, basically introduced this phases Thanos, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that's or or a. It introduced the actor the lead pace more than of that phase. I don't think so. I I think he's going to be more of more than a lead pace. I think he is going to be like the next Thanos because yeah. I, because he's so Kang is also connected. So they've announced that there's going to be a Fantastic Four movie, um, mm. and Kang is not only one of their villains, like he's very much tied to um, the Fantastic Four. Like I think he's a future descendant of them. Uh, Right. Yeah, um, that sounds right. So I think that, 
that's why I'm kind of like, it's not just that we're looking at so far as like 2023. I think that like the fact that there are variants of him, like, I think that this is something that could span multiple phases if they go that far. So my oh, feeling is that he's more of a Thanos than a Ronin or a, I don't know. Yeah. Chris Eccleston in Dark World or like any of these other guys more or even more than a Loki. Well, now I feel like we're going to like have another seven or eight years of them just playing whack-a-mole and different timelines or universes. Yeah. Well, maybe, but also they don't have to, I mean, like one of the, one of the benefits is that you can end it. You can end it whenever you have to end it. Right. Or right. whenever you want to end it because you could fight a Kang or up, up until like it, it could all be fighting a Kang until you get to the Kang like the actual like ultimate right. bad guy version um, yeah I mean which, which this was not and like so saying that he I think he's the next Thanos like so Thanos was the it took three phases for Marvel to like beat Thanos Right. right. I don't, now that they've done all of that groundwork, like, it, you know, I think he could be the next Thanos level threat, but that doesn't mean they'll take three phases to address him. Like, right, maybe right. they don't drag it that long. Um, but also, I think that, you know, this makes sense if they're going to do a multiverse, because that's how they can introduce all of these other properties that they now mm-hmm. control. Right. Like the X Men, hopefully, at some point. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It seems a lot. Oh no, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a lot and confusing. But I also think it might be more fun. Mm-hmm. Like I think they have the opportunity to hire like more interesting filmmakers and like maybe do some. I don't know. Like maybe maybe it'll finally become so top heavy that the whole MCU just collapses in on itself. But I think it might at some point. I don't know. I like Black Widow a lot too. So what do I know? But I I, I I like everything that I watch. I just I'm annoyed by how it connects. The, yes, and even when it, but ultimately it it pays. I mean the first phase or third phase, whatever, paid off very well. So maybe I'm. Wrong. So so then when you were watching the the Loki finale, were you annoyed that it was setting something else up, or were you enjoying it for what it was, mm. or neither? Uh, both. No, I enjoyed it. I thought I was a little annoyed, like, on your behalf, really. It's like, oh, they're <laughs> introducing Kang here. Toy's going to be so annoyed by this. But also, it <laughs> was Aww. really, really exposition-heavy. Yeah, it was wall-to-wall like exposition. A, like a 20, 25-minute, like, speech there? I don't know. It was yeah. like just this... No, yeah, it was Jonathan Majors having to, like, sell a 20-minute a info dump. Yes. Right. And I mean, he did. He's purely. great, yeah. Like, he was wonderful, but, yeah, that was... It was a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was helpful, I guess. Well, the, the, the thing that's interesting about that, though, is that it, it reminds me a little bit of... Um, and I, I guess we wouldn't have thought of it this way because we didn't know that there was going to be a second season of, of Loki yet, but... It's, it's structured very much in the way that Game of Thrones was, where the climax of the season is the penultimate episode, and then the final episode is the one of, like, shuffling all the pieces, getting ready for next season. Right. Um, and this kind of... I mean, if, if you think of, 
Loki as a piece of the MCU, it's kind of it's it's fulfilling a similar uh, uh, job as as that. Where like you know the big climax was the was the uh, the stuff in episode five. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, don't know. I think it's a bit of both. I mean, I. I... I guess where I am, I, I have a hard time. The exposition, the exposition was a lot, and I think a lot. You know, it wasn't. I really enjoyed the finale, but I think part of why I liked it was that it. It maintained the through line that I needed it to, which was. Still, the examination of who Loki is, right, and him getting a moment to kind of define himself. And Sylvie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was where, like, even though there was all this exposition and it had to do all this MCU stuff, it still, re- to me, I thought really successfully f- fulfilled the, the themes that it had been working on the whole time. And I'm really sorry, you can probably hear my cat wandering right in front of the microphone <laughs> and jingling because she's being a real nightmare. Oh, come here, kitty. Um, <laughs> so, it's... I'm so distracted right now. <laughs> She's just wandering on my desk looking at me and, like, knocking shit over. Um, yeah, I I like that they fought. I Mostly I like the fact that... because um, So I had been worried the whole, the whole season, really, about what the other shoe was. Mm-hmm. The idea of having a show based around Loki, who is a trickster, right. and having the show seem, on the surface, so straightforward kind of got me paranoid. I was like, it, it, it cannot be that straightforward. Mm-hmm. Something has to be going on behind the scenes. There has to be some, you know. And I think on a structural level, it, it was. Um, it convinced you the whole time that there was this, you know, um, that the TVA was a fraud, only to reveal in the end that, like, it was premised on a lie, but right. it wasn't a fraud. Right. Like, everything it was doing was legit. Right. Like there really was a danger that it was preserving the timeline from. Um, so that worked for me. And similarly, I think with Loki, you know, I could never quite tell. Like there were so many opportunities for him to go for power or to lie or whatever. And in the end, it's like, no, he actually didn't. Like he did none of that. He, you know, he proved he grew just by like being willing to sacrifice himself for something. Right. Um, and, and the... And there was a reading I hadn't picked up on. Like, I was joking about self-love with him and, and Sylvie and everything like that. But, like, the idea that, no, actually, his journey was was just getting to a point of being able to love himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought was kind of interesting. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. I don't mind I it. Like, I like that part. But, but I also like that Sylvie screwed him over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like guess. that. Like, whenever they get around to make another Avengers movie, there's going to be, like, 60 characters they have to service. Yeah. But I also don't... But, like, so, I mean, do you... Is it a pro... Like, so I think what, to me, is defining this next arc is going to be kind of moral ambiguity or, or moral complication. Like, I think the MCU is moving out of heroes punch villain, uh, Nazis. Kind of like the the very the Steve Rogers of it all, where everything is very black and white, mm-hmm. um, and that I find more interesting personally. Like if 
and I think Black Widow, that is the one thing that made that movie fit in with this phase as opposed to previous ones, is that it's kind of looking at her as a hero with, you know, how she became an Avenger was not a clear cut, you know, she made a very tough choice that that backfired, like she had to kill people. You know, she blew up people to, to be able to defect to S.H.I.E.L.D. Is um, David Harbour going to be in future movies? Because I'm all about that. I mean, I hope so. I think that would be a lot of fun. But, you know, <laughs> I think... classic. But the idea of, like, you know, so the character of Yelena, if she's going to be Black Widow and we don't know who she's working for right now, like, or, or we do know, we know she's working for um, Countess... Julia Willis. Yeah, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And then, you know, and then we also, and she's also working with John Walker, like, U.S. agent. Um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of moral gray kind of coming up on the horizon and heroes. And so I like that, that Loki fits in with that, mm-hmm. where he was moral a villain gray. and he's... Maybe not necessarily a hero, but he's learned how to to make decisions that are not purely self-interested. And there could be something interesting with that moving forward. I don't know. I think I think it could lead to, yeah, you're going to end up with a lot of characters because people who were villains like Zemo may keep popping up and maybe he's not always the bad guy. Um. Well, I don't know. I'll keep watching. Right <laughs> We're all going to keep watching. It's going to be fine. <laughs> I'm just going to keep watching for Jonathan Majors. Like, I hope it's. I hope he shows up all the time, and it's always a different Kang. Oh, that would be great, right? Yeah. Like, like why not? Like, what if he just every like he's he shows up in every movie and show and dies, mm-hmm. and then like another one pops up, and it's fine. <laughs> and I could watch. I could watch that for like five straight years. Wouldn't get old. Yeah. I did enjoy his performance quite a bit. I loved his reactions. Mm-hmm. Like when you watch like the when Loki and Sylvie kiss and then when they're fighting, if like he's blurry in the background, but you can see his reactions to it all and it's priceless. Okay, quiet, okay. I guess that's it. I guess well, that's, that's it. Are we done? Yeah, I feel like they, maybe we're done. I don't think yeah. we have anything else to say. We don't. Um, other than uh, Ted Lasso is out on Friday, so there's. I'm sure yeah. We're gonna watch that, and we're gonna watch uh, the the show that I've. Ultra already City Smiths. Ultra City Smiths. Dustin's favorite yes. cartoon. And the Kung Fu finale. And the Kung Fu finale. So there's there's already a lot of TV. And Dan's gonna watch the bite. And yes, I will watch the bite. Don't uh, watch the bite, Dan. No, watch it. Yeah, you have to. You have to tell Spectrum, us. It's a Spectrum original. I, I will be very be, jealous. I have to tell you, tell you how it how it is. Yeah, you have to someone, both. You have to. Someone has to fill in the Wikipedia it. page because apparently no one has written it. And seriously, that's how little people pay attention to Spectrum originals. It's uh, it's it's a special. It's like the band that, like, you know, you you see them before they blow up, you know, and then you're like, yeah, I watched them at like a tiny bar. That is when it absolutely was, not gonna happen. They were just a thing, and then now they're um, Arcade Fire. 
Vampire uh, Vampire Weekend used to play at my frat house. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Were they in the frat, or was it just like... No, they would come. We would do these music nights and stuff like that, and so they'd come and perform. Actually, a dude I, I later dated, he tried to be their manager, <laughs> um, and then they, they dumped him, and like literally a week later, he found out that they had a record contract. <laughs> oh. And he was like all upset. And then you dumped him. I tried to no. He was the he was a boyfriend that I tried to dump, and then two weeks later he dumped me. Like he convinced oh. me to keep dating, and then yeah. Oh, that guy. Oh, well then, good for him. What do you mean good? Yeah, good for that. No, I'm saying good for him that that he got dropped by Empire Weekend. Yeah, true. Yeah. How dare he? <laughs> um, anyway, I'm offended on your behalf, just like Dustin with Loki. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that seems to be the end of the episode. So. We'll be back next week with more stuff, I'm sure. Um, we always but, are. Uh, we always are. I always feel like I'm always worried that we're going to run out of TV, and it turns out TV does not run out. It just um, never ends. Never ends. Um, also, I need to go watch Streets of Fire on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> we haven't so. talked about Gossip Girl. Are any of us watching Gossip Girl? Yeah. Are you watching Gossip Girl? Of oh, course you are. Of course you cool. are. Uh, well, you need to put it in the dock because neither of us are watching Gossip yeah. Girl. Well, I don't know what to say about it yet. All right. Well, then well you we can have... tell us. <laughs> if you want us to talk about I mean, do you need us to watch it? No, no, I'm just saying. It's, no, 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 you shouldn't watch it. Stop with it. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, then, that's, that's Dustin's take on Gossip Girl. It's not worth it. I mean, it's fine. Corn pudding, corn pudding. Corn. Let's just sing it. Just sing our way out. Let's just sing our way out. Of corn this. pudding. <laughs> Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Good night.